Hello. You introduce, I'll eat a biscuit. Welcome back to the Teacher's Lounge. Uh, today, I've got a really special guest. She's been nagging me to get on for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, nagging. <laughs> it's my fabulous wife, Lauren Webster, and she also works in the school. Heard you ever intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just take two. Uh, so she's got lots of experience to uh, chat about lots of different topics with me today. And for those of you listening on um, the podcast, not on YouTube, we're actually in a lounge environment and it's a bit more informal today. And the dog has joined us as well. So he might make a little guest appearance too. Or if you hear any panting noises, it's not coming from us. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to have a little chat about behavior and behavior management because we have noticed it's a hot topic. Every teacher wants to know what strategies um, they can use to um, control children, to make uh, learning more fun. And also, in my opinion, behaviour has gone downhill. Yeah, I think so massively. In the 11 years that I've been a teaching assistant or an assistant teacher for, um, I could see an absolute massive change, like ridiculous the amount of change that I've seen over the years. Yeah, I agree. And we were talking earlier and I've pinpointed... I think it's I think it's slightly been on the decline naturally because even you know since we were in school you didn't have the same relationship you have with a teacher now it was much more authoritarian when we were in school but I noticed after covid there was a massive drop and it was sudden and it was so noticeable kids that would normally be absolutely fantastic all of a sudden refusing to do their work, you know, answering you back. And by the way, if you're listening in an inner city school, you know, I, I know you guys probably get chairs thrown at you and all kinds of things, but... We've this, had that happen. Yeah, it, but for us, in our school, that is like... You Extreme. Know, that's going in the paper, that is. But we're, we're, we're quite a... I wouldn't say upper class school, but we're seen as a, a higher class school in, in our area. Other other schools in our town are do have more poverty children with yeah, maybe, more behaviour more things. Meals when things. we went to the hub during COVID times, yeah, that was an eye-opener. Eye the, the difference in behaviour from our children, who were like angels compared to others, it was... I, th I think mind blowing. I think a lot of our children come from good backgrounds, and yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that there's a link between the two, but um, there is a slight correlation, isn't there, from what we've experienced? But well, unlike Maslow's hierarchy, if you are, if you haven't got your pyramid in place, that you've got a secure, secure home and everything's where it should be, then you're not going to behave and you're not going to learn. Possibly, possibly. So there's an argument there, but they're not in every case. Well, anyway, I see you, my sweet. Um, I distinctively remember after COVID, all the kids came back to school, and there were certain kids that were always golden, and you think, yeah, yeah, they're brilliant. I, I remember this one kid just said, we were introing the lesson, and, and they just said, and it was a girl, which is rarer, said, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. And he went, excuse me? 
He said, oh yeah, I, I don't really feel like doing that. And he said, you don't feel like doing it. And like, it's like you when it comes to the washing up. Yeah, we got the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> and um, I just couldn't believe it. And I know that's nothing, like I said, compared to like inner city schools. But obviously other things have, have followed since then. And... and the scary thing is that can happen from the age of four. Well, what's really interesting, our school used to have a nursery as part of the school, didn't it? It was yeah. the school's nursery. Yeah. And then our local authority came up with a great idea to get rid of them to save money. Great idea, yeah. So what happened, we had the new reception of starters coming into our schools without all the basics because nurseries now are really what's the word i'm looking they for they do a very yeah kid-led kid-led you know um it, they don't necessarily prepare you they don't say it's not structured is it they don't it's say you need to sit down it's, it's and make this it? in this way. They kind it's of say, you here you go, here's all the stuff. You yeah. do it however you like to do it. And that's great. It's lovely. But when it comes to school. But, but even, in, even in school, we do those activities. But there are lots of times where we need to have that more disciplined approach and say, right, we need to do this now. In this and way. we need to do it in this way. And now that that nursery's gone that was attached to our school who and they used to prep the kids yeah, for the, that the difference is massive yeah it's, sheila it's... was so good at that she would prep the kids ready and then they'd hit the ground running in september and they'd be able to do obviously their creative things but just simple things like going to the toilet and using the toilet like yeah, yeah a simple would... thing that you would think that we'll start in school they would know but actually there's some children that still aren't toilet trained when they start school as a four-year-old. And we are teaching them that as well as how to write their name and what a number is, what a letter is, which I know we're supposed to do. But when we had that nursery class, that would be the very basics. That Then you would go into year one, reception year one. And you would already be able to do, you hit the ground running and that's, yeah, you're you away. Had, You'd be reading by the time you were in reception. You had way more time then to focus on teaching and the quality of teaching was yeah. better. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah, but also they had that year where they would adapt to the school rules. Yeah. So they'd come into our nursery, uh, into our school nursery and, you know, Sheila would say straight away, you know, these are our school rules and she'd drum them in, drum them in. And then reception would come where the work obviously gets a little bit more more harder, more difficult. And then they already know the rules. Now they're coming Just to from sit these... on the carpet for five yeah, minutes yeah. while they listen. Like it's impossible for some children. Yeah, and now they're coming from, you know, nurseries where it's very much child led and obviously have different rules to all the different schools. And then you're spending a year in reception just trying to get them you know, fine-tuned to those school rules. And you just feel like you're taking a massive step backwards. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Well, money is why they got rid of it, but it's so frustrating, isn't it? It is, because we can see, as practitioners, such a difference in in the teaching and the behaviour. It's, um, it's more difficult now. Um, another factor, I think, has a massive 
effect on behaviour is technology. I think that a lot of children are exposed to technology at a young age, which, yes, in one way is excellent. I can hand an iPad to a child and they'll go, here you go, miss, I've done it. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, Then your tax return for you. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the day. Uh, maybe year sixes. <laughs> That's another episode. Um, but, yeah, um, I think that they're exposed too much to it and it can be a downfall because they don't necessarily want to read their book at home because the iPad's way more interesting. So do you, do you think that causes behaviour issues? Yeah. Where I've seen it cause behaviour issues is parents can't control the amount of technology they're using at home. Yeah. And I remember quite a few kids, tends to be boys, um, they would just sneak their iPad at, at night and they'd come in to school real nonchalantly and be like, oh, I was up till like one in the morning on my iPad. And they would be knackered and you'd look and, and then their behavior would come from it's addictive apps. yeah their behavior would come from, well they don't have the maturity or self-control do they to go ah oh, i'll put <laughs> i'll put the ipad away but i find it hard sometimes to go right i'm just going to turn the phone off and it is addictive and then that's another thing i think children misbehave because they feel like they're not having enough attention off their parents because their parents are on technology all the time like at a dinner ta- a dinner table instead of sitting down like when we were children we would have sat down at the dinner table. How was your day? What did you do in school? You might turn around and say, oh, nothing. But you, pe- you feel like your parents are giving you an interest. When if that parent is sat on their phone scrolling or just replying to a message, that's like, they're not interested. I want to I wanna be spoken to now when they're looking at a phone. And I am 100% guilty of that sometimes. Like, I know full well I'm on my phone too much and that I... And the first one to reply to a message if my phone goes off at dinner time, because I know if I don't do it there and then, I will forget. So I know everyone's guilty. And our kids are sat right over there now while we film this. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're in bed. <laughs> Quite over there. <laughs> Murphy, on the other hand, he is here. He's our first child. But um, no, the children aren't in bed. Um, technology can do so much good though for behavior management i agree i agree it's a fine line and obviously the frustrating thing is and everyone watching or listening will know this some strategies work for some some don't for others but what's so annoying is i always find the kids that you really need your strategies to work on they don't work on them i find that every child has a weakness some children will weakness a weakness like kryptonite no i mean like you you can you can control them with that weakness so like Like a hook yes our girls if we shout well i say our girls our eldest if we tell her off that's it she's she's so upset that is she is like heartbroken we do the big deep voice yeah and she knows she's in trouble and she (laughs) but our youngest well she is another kettle of fish isn't she like we shout at her till the, the cows come home and she's still laughing at us we're still finding that one we're still searching but it's the same in school like sometimes you can tell a child right you're missing your playtime and it's the end of the world to them because they can't play football with their mates at playtime but then another child not faced but what i will say is and what i like to do personally is when we go back in september i do like to spend a good few weeks um, like really interacting with the class on an individual level so if we have a bit of time when we're in areas or they're doing something quite creative 
I do like to go and sit with them and like find out a bit about them and what they like. And I find that really helps because, for example, last year I had a little group of boys that I knew loved football, match attacks, Pokemon, and I knew I had some girls that were into um, the clay beads and things like that. And then you can just slowly like fine tune little um, consequences that relate to things you know if they need them and most often than not i think you get that respect as well if you spend a bit of time with them they see you in a different light and you you form more of a bond and i find i get the best behaviors is when i formed a good bond with a child yeah a group of children and they don't want to upset you then yeah, no, that's really good. And I really love the one-page profiles that we do for that reason because yeah. it, it's busy in a school. Like some people think we sit down and do nothing all day. We are constant all day. And sometimes it's difficult just to get five minutes just to say, hiya, how are you? Like, what are you doing at the weekend? Oh, you're off out, are you? Oh, you've got a brother. Oh, you've got a new dog. It like just small little things like that that really mean the world to them just to know about their life a bit more. You saying that reminds me of a funny story when I had um, a boy in my class and we were coming to the end of the year and you were saying like oh you don't get to know know the kids as well so we had uh, twins twin boys in my class and we had this right character you know and we only had about a month left of school and one of the twins came up to the front to do something said whatever he wanted to say and the character was sat on the carpet near his twin and so bear in mind he'd been in class the whole year with these twins so the other twin oh right so the child wasn't a twin then it was he was talking about yeah i'm talking about three kids now right okay yeah the one kid is is a real character and then there's a set of twins and the one of the twins was up speaking and then left the room to go and read or something and then this character child didn't spot um the one twin going to read and go out of the class into the little snug room to read his book and as he turned around his twin was sat right next to him and he said something like and, and you'll know who it is because he swore and this was in year two and he said something like, how did you, how did you get down here so quick? You were up there a minute ago. And <laughs> we were like, no, that was, that was so-and-so. That was his twin. And he was like, no, I, he was up there. I just turned around and now he's here. Like he's like teleported here. <laughs> and we go, no, no, he's got a twin. You know, you know, he's got a twin. He's in there now reading. And basically, he did. He was in the whole class for an entire year, and had no clue that they were twins. He must have just thought, "God, these guys get around quick. One minute they're there, and now one's over there. He's over there." It was so funny. witchcraft. Yeah. yeah, it was so funny. But yeah, like t- technology, I do really like. It has. Fine. It's a balance, isn't it? But like I said, the ones you want it to work on. Oh, here comes the dog. <laughs> the kids you want it to work on, um, a lot of the time, 
I find it doesn't really work on them. Sorry, I have to say that again. I was <laughs> distracted by the dog. <laughs> Here we are doing a podcast on behavior management and we can't even control the dog. <laughs> okay, dog's in check now. <laughs> uh, I really like observing other teachers and seeing what they do. And I like being quite creative with strategies. So, for example, I remember when it was the Olympics um, in Beijing, I think. And to get the whole crowd, like this is like next level behavior management, to get the whole crowd to be silent for like the start of a race so they could hear the gun go off. Um, an automatic voice would go five, four, three, two, one. And then the whole stadium, every speaker in the stadium would go, shh. And then it was deadly silent. So now I thought that's amazing. So I copied that. And it works so well. So all I do now to get my class to be nice and quiet in the middle of whatever, I'll just go five, four, three, two, one. And then they go, shh, brilliant. Works really well. It's a good one. Really good. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm taking credit for that because I, I, well, I, <laughs> I stole it from the Olympics, but adapted it to the classroom. Clever. And I've seen like, I've seen other practitioners sing a song. And then the kids, they, they stop, stop and the kids sing the last bit of the song. Yeah, that's good for, um, your strategy is good for the juniors, but there is more like singing things that we do. Yeah, well, I used to do that in the infants too, yeah. and they were pretty good. Because we do like crisscross applesauce. That means cross your legs. Yeah, it's like eyes eyes on the teacher, listening ears, mouth closed, hands to yourself, and crisscross applesauce. Yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? Like those, those like lines, you're doing it for the whole class and you've got to hope that everyone buys it and, and is on board with it. If the teacher lays down, not lays down the law, but sets out the rules and shows children what's acceptable and keeps that consistent throughout the year, like having the rules on the wall, things like that, and it's consistent all the way through, it's normally pretty good. It's... It's not often that you have, we have big issues, is it? What's what's your opinion with rewards? I love rewards. Okay. Well done. Have a sweet. Thanks. <laughs> oh, he took it away from me. I didn't get anything wrong. Um, what type of rewards do you think work well? Everything, really. Like, I think stickers. But some children don't like stickers. Yeah. So um, there you go. So. I loved when we used to use the dojo was good yeah they had their own little monster so it's personalized to them so we kind of have that now in wales called the hub and it's it's similar but class dojo was so good but i think why class dojo was so good because parents had access to it yeah so there was that because a lot of kids have that divide like the shutters they're like i'm in school now parents are separate don't need to know anything that i get up to in school but vice versa and as soon as we started using dojo in the infants we said your parents can see exactly what you're doing i can message your parents or it would be oh you know that's really 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 silly that you've done that. i'm gonna have to message your mum now and they're like you can message my mum. i was like yeah yeah and then you kind of like showing them on the board and wasn't it that you could give like points out to everyone in the class but leave two out so say if like four was talking on the carpet you could, you could give, give everyone else a point but not that child and all those four children 
yeah. and then the parents would say that they didn't have their sitting on the carpet. Well, basically, you have your positive points and your negative points, but the negative points never took away from the positive, which is really important to say. No, but that wasn't a, that wasn't a negative. Giving them a negative point, that was just the children that were sat nicely had a point, and the parents could see that. But if they hadn't had one, but no, you could also have negative points. Oh. But they were separate to the positive points. So, for example, you could have an amazing day in school, get 10 positive points. You might have hit somebody, negative point. So you'd have 10 positives, one negative. It wouldn't take away from your positive work that you've done earlier. And parents could see that. And I think it's that link between home and school, which was really good. That really did work well, I think. I just think there's some children that are not phased by anything, really whether it's because they haven't got all of their needs met at home or in school. But some children you just cannot get through to. It's very difficult to to find how you get through to them. I think some of it's maturity, some of it. So this is interesting. So I, I did behaviour for my dissertation twice in both degrees. And what was really interesting because we're talking about rewards um there was a study with intrinsic rewards like praise well done external yeah i touched upon it when i did my degree yeah and what i'm really mindful of because for example i i myself as a kid massive external like an external reward medal trophy for football well into that still like it now biscuits oh, yeah that's M&Ms. all I, I need that <laughs> tangible reward yeah whereas some kids in the class they don't want that they just want verbal praise like oh that is so acknowledgement good. that is the best picture i've ever seen and they crave for that they live for that but what was really interesting is on the study they were talking about people like me who are really extrinsically rewarded and i have experienced this they said you can cross a line where you're doing damage because the child will only you're not changing their behavior basically you're just it's like a bribe bribing really, isn't them. you're it? saying do this and you get this yeah you're not making them self you're not making them see it on their own to say oh well if i do this yeah and not everyone not everything is going to give you that physical reward. You have to, in life, you're going to have to self... <laughs> I can't think of the word. You're going to have to self-encourage yourself. Self-motivate. Yeah, self-motivate, that's it. You're going to have to motivate yourself at some point. Yeah. Because there's not going to be someone there going, yeah, yeah, you go for that gold medal. You've yeah. got to say to yourself, I want that gold medal. I'm going to get that gold medal. And touching on the, like, the behavior management side. And I think kids expect things quite easily now. Oh, and yeah. that can lead to behavior issues. And we've had kids, and like, even our little girl does it. She's like, do I get a treat for doing that? Yeah. And we're like, mm, no. And in school, you know, what, what do I get if I do a page or you know do i get extra but even like little things like we took um we took our trip class to park end of summer um i popped to iceland we got them all a nice lolly and 
in our day and 10 years ago, we'd have done that. The children would have been like, oh my gosh, we've got an ice lolly. <gasps> That's amazing. Thank you so much. It's the best day of my life. We All we had was, I want that ice lolly. I don't want this one. I want that one. Oh, you got these? Yeah, it, it was. It was like, there was no, like, gratefulness. It's Hagendas and Tesco. <laughs> Magnums. I want yeah. Magnums. Not these rocket lollies. Yeah, it's, I, they're just. Don't know they're born. No. no and I that don't. does cause behavior issues. Because you do, you do good things and nice things to them. And they're like, they don't realize. No, they don't know how good they've got it. Yeah, well, like, we have a well-being Wednesday, don't we? And um, quite a lot of the time, so in the afternoon, we do nice activities for the kids as part of their well-being. They get to choose, don't they? They get to choose what they do. Um, and I think we went, what did we do? I think we just had an area afternoon. And we said, you can choose, you know, what areas you want to go in. You can get some laptops out. And then uh, halfway through, one of the kids goes, so when, when are we doing well-being Wednesday? And I was like... And it like really annoyed me, and I th- I think I like stopped everyone and I said, guys, we we could we should actually be doing work now. You know, it's a Wednesday afternoon. I said a lot of schools don't have a Wellbeing Wednesday. They're doing topic or history or whatever. Because they've done some cool stuff on Wellbeing Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Like they've had their bikes brought in, yeah, yeah, yeah. toys. And they were just like, oh yeah. I just thought, don't know the boy. Yeah, are you serious? Should take them back to the Stone Age when we were in school. Yeah. Well, I think next time we do the Victorians, I think we should have like a Victorian week and we and we like role play really strictly. Yeah. <laughs> None of them be Get the desks and everything. Yeah. The cane at the front. Yeah. <laughs> that'll yeah. scare them. That'll, that'll get them in line. That'll teach them. Yeah. <laughs> Cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever found yourself in a difficult compromising situation with behavior many times i find there's a lot of children nowadays that don't like to be confined to a classroom um i find we're very good at getting the children out of the classroom especially with like our forest school area and things but there's been a handful of children that like to leg it and disappear and one child in particular would always be disappearing you you see him one minute in the role play next minute you know he's gone oh my god where's he gone need to tag him and we'd have we'd have a couple of minutes of panic where you'd have to just all of you disperse and look everywhere and um i found him in the chicken coop i had to i had to army crawl into the chicken coop to get him back out just shook the bag of corn then <laughs> It wasn't the first time either <laughs> that he was in there. But yes, that was uh, very funny. I also remember watching a supply teacher crawl in there to get him out the next week too. But um, yeah, so quite funny stories. Never had along um, the uh, Along with these. Yeah, I remember when I was in school, and if you're watching Ian, this is for you. Um, we were in year two, and my friend Ian... He, he probably lived oh, five, ten minute walk away. And his granddad was probably was even closer. And, um, yeah, we were playing outside. And, you know, back in the day, the fencing wasn't great. It was like this old wired fencing. It was like 
sagging and drooping. You could easily just hop over it. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, after dinner, um, the police were at our school. And, you know, we're only little. We didn't really think anything anything about it. And I was his best friend. And the police officer brought me into the staff room. And that was a sight in itself because, like, you were never allowed in the staff room. It was like this complete different world. Um, Seeing what biscuits they had on the table. Yeah. <laughs> and alcohol in there as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said in your last one, your teacher, head teacher sat at the yeah, front and the, smoked in front of everyone. was horrified. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was the head teacher. Anyway, police officer sat me down and he goes, right, I want you to think really, really carefully now because um, he said, your friend Ian isn't here. He's ran off from school. So this was after dinner. Um, do you have any idea where he might be? And I didn't even, I, I didn't answer straight away because I was comprehending what that meant. And I just remember thinking, oh, wow, he's he's just left the school. Like, you can do that. <laughs> like, I like almost... Admired him. Yeah, like, you almost think there's these, like, shields that, like, go over the school. It's just like a... Like this rule you that you can't leave. do, and I just said, "Oh well, maybe he's gone to his house because it's only it's not far, or maybe he's gone to his granddad's." And yeah, he did. He he just ran to his granddad's. <laughs> his granddad, I don't know if his granddad knew he was there, but they found him at his granddad's. It was hilarious. And then shortly after, the school had like this new impenetrable fencing put in <laughs> <laughs> like barbed wires over the yeah. top stop you getting out yeah right thanks everyone for watching or listening um just want to say if you haven't already subscribed to the youtube channel please consider subscribing because it really does help us out yeah and if you're listening on podcast service make sure that you're following or downloading the episodes means the world to us and it means that we can carry on bringing you good content so thanks very much and we'll see you on the next one when you said that i just had your children envisioned when you did that uh that <laughs> task when they were like like and subscribe <laughs> that's all i've got in my head <laughs> i think they did it better than you to be fair